Welcome back, personal besties. Today is day two of the week one reset. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, I urge you to go back and listen to that because at the end of each day, we're going to have an activity to do item and they do build off each other. So go back, listen to that, then jump into this episode. But today's episode is all about how we are going to decide what goal that we're working towards, how we're going to decide what the year is going to look like. And I really wanted to record this episode for so long now because I think that a lot of times we don't talk about how to actually set a good goal or what it should look like. You just hear SMART goals, which I've never once used. I usually kind of, you know, toss that idea to the side. So today we're coming to you with something else, but I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And so it just made sense to have it with this one. Because yesterday, you created a list of every single possible goal that would make you happy and accomplished and things that you want to achieve. And so now, we are going to be narrowing in on that. But before we start today's episode, if you are wanting to live your personal best this year, if you are wanting to go after your New Year's resolutions, I have an exclusive podcast episode that you will love. Just go to weekonereset.com slash goals week1reset.com slash goals. There is an additional 15-minute episode that's all about the number one reason why so many New Year's resolutions fail and is giving you a step-by-step plan on how you can make sure you don't fall into that same path. So go check it out. The link will also be right down below. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. So in order to set the perfect goal for this year, for this year's resolution, is to dedicate yourself to one of your goals. We're not going to spread ourselves thin and try to accomplish 10 things at once, but it's really narrowing in your focus on one specific one that you want, on one specific thing that you're going to go all in on. And I know that intuitively you might be like, okay, yeah, like, duh, that makes sense. But I also have, you know, these 10 different things that I want to accomplish and that's great. And you can accomplish multiple things at once, but we're really only going to be focusing on one. And I was reading this book recently. It's called Dedicated, The Case for Commitment in an Age of Infinite Browsing by Pete Davis. And I'm going to be quoting that book a million times today. So you might as well go out and read it after. I'm not spoiling anything, but it's a very, very good book that really changed the way that I thought about dedication. Because for me, I thought that dedication worked because you're just spending more time on something but he also has all these cases for you actually get more purpose in life and you also find more meaning and happiness in these goals that you're achieving by also dedicating yourself to them so in his book he says infinite browsing mode comes with a cost when we spend our time frantically seeking out new experiences we miss out on the deeper experiences that can only arise from sticking with something for a long time I'm sure you're able to think of experiences like this in your own life. 
for example, I remember when I was in college, they have a million different clubs and different activity groups that you can go and be a part of. And they all sounded really exciting. And so I would go show up at the math club for a day. I would show up at, you know, the study abroad group that I was a part of one time per semester. I would show up at these different ones very infrequently. But whenever I'd go, you know, you'd see the people that were there week in and week out and the bonds that they had with each other and they would feel more connected to the purpose, right? And so I think a lot of the things that we crave, we're actually missing out on because we just keep jumping from thing to thing. Not only do we want something that is really fun for us and that we feel really passionate about. But also, these commitments might seem big at the beginning, but they turn into just a part of your life. He says in his book too, I don't wake up each morning taking this vow of commitment to my work. It just feels like this is what I want to be doing and I will give it everything I have. I never question whether or not this is what I want. This is what a living commitment at its most alive feels like. Hardly anything at all. It's just a part of you. If you were to think about something that you have a commitment towards, that you have a goal working towards, how amazing would it feel if that was just a part of your life, right? If it's a fitness goal and you want to start going to the gym more, how awesome would it be to not wake up every morning being like, oh, do I go to the gym today? Oh, do I do this today? But it feels like just a part of your life, something that you don't have to convince yourself to do anymore, something that you don't have to be like, okay, I'm going to do this so I will reward myself with that later. I'm going to do this only because it's my goal. No, it's something that's just ingrained part of you now because you've made a commitment. One of the biggest things that we struggle with today, and I don't want to say, you know, my generation or your generation or whatever, because I think now it's almost across all the generations of just wanting this instant gratification of wanting something quick and simple. But he also makes the argument that speed and shallowness are often linked. If you could have that goal right now, whatever it is, right this second, you're probably also missing the part that you would be committing yourself to it, investing time, and actually having a deep appreciation for it. If you're someone who's been single for a long time and you're like, I just want to get married next year, or I just want to, you know, find my husband, blah, blah, blah. But you miss the part where you're going out on dates and figuring out what you like and what you don't like and just the fun of the newness and getting to know someone brand new, then when the right person comes along, you might not have that same appreciation. If your goal was weight loss and you woke up tomorrow morning and you were at your magical perfect weight and, you know, all of the things you've been doing just saw results all at once, well, you would probably then go back to how you were living before. You wouldn't feel like, you know, you had made that much of an impact to your day-to-day routine that is going to be changed. And so, yes, the weight loss might be there, but you won't have any of those habits that would make you happier. You don't have any of those habits that you'd be like, oh, I feel better for doing this. I feel better for working towards it. Reaching a goal isn't what gives us meaning. Holding ourselves accountable is what gives us meaning. Accountability gives us meaning. It's not the actual just accomplishment of the goal. It's all the working up that gets to there. And so another part that he says in his book that I love 
is the only way out is powering through. But there's good news. At a certain point, and it comes not that far into a commitment, the commitment picks up its own momentum. It's like that moment a couple minutes into a movie where you stop thinking, should I keep watching this movie? And you just start enjoying it. The commitment takes on a life of its own and it requires much less to sustain. And I love that example too because I know exactly what he's talking about, right? You throw on a new movie, you throw on a new season and you spend those first few minutes almost on edge and you like still have the remote in your hand and you're like, okay, I can turn this off at any point. I I can turn this off when it gets bad. And you're not fully decided yet, right? Like that's when you're like dipping your toes in the water. You like sign up for the gym membership, but you don't have like the schedule to keep going yet. But then you get to this point where you realize you're kind of sucked into the movie. You start seeing when the characters that you like have an emotional attachment to, you're like, oh, I, I kind of want to see how this works out for him. Just like the same thing at the gym. Maybe you go and you make a new friend there. You really like the front desk person or you really like the smoothie shop next door, the Starbucks that they have inside. And you're like, okay, that, that can keep me coming. And so then you stop being like, okay, should I, should I, should I? But you just start enjoying it. You just start saying, okay, this is actually something that I enjoy participating in. And yes, you still don't know the outcome, right? Like 10 minutes into a movie, 15 minutes into a movie, you still don't know the outcome of the movie. So you can't say you love the ending. Just like if you're working on something, you can't say that you love the goal or where you ended up yet, but you just continue doing it and it takes so much less effort. The whole point of this is we don't want to be using 100% of our effort all the time in order to get to our goals. Usually the more effort it requires for longer, that's when people start falling off. That's when people start saying, eh, that's not worth it because they make their goals really hard to work towards. They're working on too many at once. They haven't made a commitment to one, right? So making this dedicated commitment to one goal builds momentum builds part of your routine, takes that just mental energy as long as physical energy off your plate and you're like, okay, this is something that's actually easy to fit into my life. And then one more quote before we go into today's activity. Didn't really know how to tie this in, but this thought or this quote really made me think. And so here it is. When researchers ask people how they would feel if they won the lottery, they guess that they'd be tremendously happy. When they asked people how they would feel if they lost their legs in an accident, they would guess that they'd be tremendously sad. But when researchers interview actual lottery winners and accident victims a few years after their life-changing events, they don't feel that much different than they did before. Everyone overestimates the psychological effects of change because we underestimate the power of our psychological immune system. So now that I'm thinking about it, that quote actually would have fit perfectly a little bit earlier. But basically, this is talking still about that same idea that if you were just granted your goal, if you were just granted that one thing that you think would be amazing in life to have, your life would just go back to normal. You know, these things that are supposed to be life changing events, winning the lottery, losing both your legs, like those are huge events. But researchers found that it actually didn't have too much of a psychological effect on their life. And so what actually is life changing is when you work towards that goal and you get it, right? Instead of being handed a million dollars, what if you had grew a million dollar business? Think about the connections you would have, the lives you have impacted, just everything that'd be different about your lifestyle and who you are as a person. 
versus just getting to that goal, right? So now that we have decided how important it is to be committed to a goal, why it's important to dedicate ourselves to one, we are going to take that list that you created yesterday of every possible goal, and we're going to do this thing called procrastinate on purpose. So all of the quotes that I got were from Pete Davis's book, Dedicated, but now this idea that I got was from the book Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. And Rory is actually one of my business mentors and business coaches. So that's why I've read all of his books. I brought it up in a podcast episode, I think a year ago too, but I love the book. So anyways, procrastinate on purpose. The important part to know for this activity is there are some things that might be on your to-do list today that don't need to be done today or can't even be done today. So when we're looking at this list and you have your goals for your lifetime or for a few years, or maybe you even have all these goals that you could accomplish this year, but you couldn't accomplish them all at the same time, we're going to purposely put some off to next year. We're going to procrastinate on purpose on those goals. So if one of your goals is to run the Boston Marathon, Well, you have to qualify for the Boston Marathon first. So let's push off the Boston Marathon goal to next year. That's going to be on purpose. And then this year, we're just going to run any marathon, right? Because we have to run any marathon in order to work towards the qualifying time to reach that goal. Just like if it was something with the business, right? We just talked about having a million dollar business idea. Okay, well, if that's your goal, we're going to procrastinate on that for a little bit because first we have to start the business, right? First, we have to start with that step one or maybe this year you're pregnant, right? Maybe this year you're having a baby and you're having a family. And so that whole business idea or that whole marathon idea, you don't even have a step one that you can get to this year. That's all going to be pushed on purpose to next year. So when you start taking your list of every single goal and deciding which ones can be worked on later, you get a much clearer idea on the ones that are important. These are the ones that you're like, yes, I want to get to this right now. For me, that's how I decided I was going to publish my first ever book last year because I had a lot of goals and I still do have a lot of goals. I was like, okay, well, now that I have my podcast, you know, wouldn't it be so cool to go around and do a speaking tour? Wouldn't it be cool to have a TED talk? Wouldn't it be cool to, I don't know, like Netflix documentary, right? Like there's some like wild ideas in there too that aren't even in like the five year. But thinking about these goals, I'm like, okay, well, why would I do a speaking tour now if I publish the book first and then I could do a speaking tour? Okay, why would I focus on a TED talk now if I don't have any public speaking experience. And if I got some of that first, then my TED talk would be even better when I got to that point, right? So I took these goals that are very much still goals and I'll get to them eventually, but I was like, I am purposely going to put these off because instead, if I had a little bit of everything sprinkled in and I was like, oh, I want to do a TED talk and this and that. Well, I'm sure that sitting here today when coming up with my goals again for this year, I would have the same ones and I would feel a little discouraged and be like, I can't believe I didn't reach that again this year or, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been working at this for three years and I still don't have it. When the reality is it just wasn't the priority this year. It can still be your goal and still something that you work towards and maybe it will come up this year, 
But you can also know that it wasn't something that you were actively trying to work towards. And if you're someone that struggles with this idea of choosing which one and this stresses you out and you think that there has to be one perfect answer, I have one final quote from Dedicate that I love. Pete says, some people think that when picking between options, what we're trying to do is pick the option that gets closest to some perfect future. Choosing in this view is a quiz with the right answer. But that can't be right because the future doesn't already exist. Our choices create the future. Our reality becomes whatever we commit to. So don't think that by choosing one of your goals today and putting another on the back burner that this is a right or wrong decision. This is just a decision that you're committing to now and your future will adjust accordingly. You can make any choice into the perfect one. So that is today's task is choosing our procrastinate on purpose list and then choosing that one goal to dedicate yourself towards. And then what we're doing tomorrow is an episode all about confidence along with a activity to help boost your confidence and knowing that you made the right decision here or that you can actually go after this goal, right? Because I know that when you're at this point, you might choose a goal, but you're like, okay, that was just kind of on a whim, right? Like I circled a random one and I don't really know how to feel about it. So tomorrow we will be talking all about confidence. We are going to be leaving this week with such a clear purpose and passion behind what we're doing this year. And if you haven't already, I have that one exclusive podcast episode on the number one reason why so many New Year's resolutions fail and a four-step process on how you can avoid that being you. So that exclusive episode is only available on my website. It's weekonereset.com slash goals. Weekonereset.com slash goals. Go download that now. It'll be perfect going into tomorrow. And I will see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.